bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. Welcome, everyone. I'm Paul Dragu. We're glad you can join us. The New American Daily takes the most important news stories of the day. We get rid of the propaganda and we bring you the truth. And that makes us one of the most censored and attacked publications in America. So if you enjoy the show, please share these episodes with others and help get the truth out. Now, Iran-backed drone attacks killed three U.S. soldiers and injured several more in the Middle East, according to reports. The Biden administration says it will respond. Are we about to get involved in another war? Also, the financial giant BlackRock is trying to silence one of the most popular commentators in independent media, Steven Crowder. We're going to look at what Crowder uncovered to anger one of the most coercive and powerful globalist organizations. And with the news coming out that some UN employees were involved in the October 7 attack on Israel, we're going to discuss another reason the U.S. needs to get out of the UN. We have all that coming up. But first, when Hitler invaded Poland in 1939, he rolled into a sovereign nation with SS battalions, warplanes, and rolling tanks. The Poles had no doubt they were being invaded. A year later, the Nazis invaded France. Again, soldiers, tanks, warplanes, many mounted resistance, but everyone knew they were being invaded by an enemy army. So when we normally think of invasions, this is what we imagine, an enemy army dressed for battle, coming to our shores, guns blazing. It's obvious, and so is the intent. What's not so obvious, but could prove just as dangerous, is the invasion we're incurring in America today. We're living through a stealthier invasion, one made worse by the real possibility that people within our own government are complicit. But it's an invasion nonetheless. Less than two weeks ago, two retired FBI assistant directors sent a letter to congressional leaders warning that an invasion of military-aged men with aspirations to, quote, devastate national infrastructure is unfolding now. Kevin Brock and Chris Swacker, formerly of the FBI, told congressional leaders this, quote, in its modern history, the U.S. has never suffered an invasion of the homeland, and yet one is unfolding now. Military-aged men from across the globe, many from countries or regions not friendly to the United States, are landing on our soil by the thousands, not by splashing ashore from a ship or parachuting from a plane, but rather by foot across a border that has been accurately advertised around the world as largely unprotected with ready access granted. The former G-men continued, the surge in numbers of single military-aged males descending upon American cities and towns is alarming and perilous. Additionally, they are not just from terror-linked regions, but from China and Russia as well, hostile adversaries of the U.S. What's unique about the invasion we're living through, one which we've yet to fully suffer the consequences of, is not only that many Americans don't even know it's happening, but that some have been so brainwashed of the ability to think rationally that they're welcoming it. For example, in Chicago, one of the top three states that people are leaving, they're actually building a migrant intake center. This, listeners, is a testament to the power of propaganda. Western propaganda is so good that it has convinced millions of Americans to welcome our own destruction. But not everyone is blind to what's happening. I would wager that most Americans oppose this invasion. The lawmakers of Texas sure do, Yesterday, House Republicans, most of them from Texas, held a press conference on the border crisis, and they called it like it is. 
our country is being invaded right now, right in front of our very eyes, because of Joe Biden's catastrophic border policies. And I can tell you it's worse today than it was yesterday, and it's going to be worse tomorrow than it is today. And there is an invasion taking place at this southern border. It is an invasion. It is the most egregious breach of our national security in the history of this country. Join me to discuss today's stories, our editor-in-chief of the New American Magazine, Gary Benoit, and executive senior editor, Steve Bonta. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey. So I watched that press conference, and I got to say, that was the, it was a collection of a lot of tough talk, and based on what I heard, it sounds like this is where Texans are, 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 are mounting their stand. They're, they're saying no more. We're not going to back down. We're going to do what's necessary for Texas. And I want to play one more clip, actually, of, of, of Congressman Babb in there, where he says this is the hill that Texans are going to die on. The Lone Star State has stood its ground against an invasion and an administration that clearly wants the opposing forces to win. If we cannot defend our borders, America has no future. And so I thank God for Texas, which unquestionably has the constitutional right to protect itself. And I'm very, very proud to be a Texan. And if this becomes the hill to die on, I can tell you that I will gladly join my state and my colleagues back here, those are from Texas, and our colleagues that don't have to be from Texas that know that this is a disaster in the making for the United States of America. All right, Steve, so I want to go to you first. What do you make of, uh, of these comments? And, and is Texas uh, going to stand their ground no matter what? What do you think is going to happen here? Well, I'm not from Texas, so I'm not sure. Certainly, you know, talk is always cheap. But then again, the Biden administration also, you know, was talking tough a few days ago, you know, delivering an ultimatum, setting a deadline for compliance at Shelby Park and all this sort of thing. And um, then ultimately, doing nothing. Well, the word is now. I, I would say that you know that all the hopefuls in in the in the establishment media who are hoping that this will lead to violence and a, another excuse to crack down on the right. I mean, it's very clear uh, there, there have been a whole slew of articles. Oh, this is America's Fort Sumter, and Biden needs to act, and on and on and on uh, from you know all sorts of sources. Most of them on the left, mm -hmm. you know, it's not the right stirring this up. It's the left that wants, that, that clearly wants a fight at this point. So, I, I mean, but then, but, but now the word is that, that, that they're waiting to see if they can get this, this ridiculous bill passed in the Senate, get the House to agree to it, and then that will allow the Biden administration to save face and they won't actually have to try to, you know, have armored vehicles going yeah. and shooting and whatever to smash their way in so they can cut the fence open and, and, and resume uh, the, the flow of illegal immigrants you yeah. know, to the country. Well, but that's my understanding is if we're, and we did a, we did a segment on this yesterday, the Lankford bill, as, as I guess it's been called that according to speaker Johnson is dead on arrival. So what happens if, what, what, what plans do they have if, and when Republicans say no? Well, it, it's hard to know. It, it is, I think, telling that they're suddenly discovering they have a backbone, you know. They they they, they allow themselves. They don't. They're, they're not willing to stand up to the Taliban or to the Iranian Ayatollahs or really to even to the Houthis, except in a very very uh, mm. you know very perfunctory way. Uh, they're you know they're on, they're firmly on the side of the Palestinian terrorists. They're not willing to confront the Chinese communists. The list goes on and on. These are bona fide threats and enemies, and but they've they've decided that obviously. 
you know, a bunch of defiant Texans. Those are the ones we're going to confront. I suspect that they will ultimately – there will be a confrontation because this is the way of, uh, of the left. I mean the left never hesitates to go up and, and, and to you know, even go as far as violence as we've seen uh, to get their way. The thing is that all these alleged foreign foes that have undermined and weakened the United States and discredited us abroad serve the basic agenda of the left mm -hmm. to discredit and undermine the United States. To destroy the United States. Right, to destroy States. the United States. Texas, however, the Texas revolt, the mm -hmm. Eagle Pass affair, has, has the opposite effect. It could conceivably galvanize the United States mm -hmm. to ultimately get rid of these people. You know, electorally, of course, but yeah. obviously it could be it could it could become a real rallying cry and lead ultimately to to the to the to the strengthening recrudescence of American values, which the left, of course, desperately wants to forestall. Yeah, what's your take on all this, Gary? Well, I, I would say listening to that uh, news conference, and I, I did uh, watch more of it than we were able to show on today's mm. show. But uh, these congressmen are obviously being red-pilled, and I think that's very exciting. So I'm consciously optimistic, and, uh, and it's not just the case that these congressmen are recognizing that we have this huge crisis at the border, but they're also recognizing that the crisis is a manufactured crisis, that this is being done by design. Yeah. And so uh, I applaud the fact that uh, these congressmen are becoming aware uh, in fact, they sounded like members of the John Birch Society. Well, it only took them three years. I mean, uh, let's see here. We published this in uh, the beginning of last year. That's more than a year ago, about a year and a half ago. We recognized there was treason. Ooh, we're running out of time. <laughs> mm. uh, we're gonna, we need to continue this conversation because there's an, another element of what's going on here that we really need to touch on. In 1988, the John Birch Society produced a documentary so predictive, it's as though they had a time machine. Out of Control, Immigration Invasion was produced and hosted by investigative reporter William F. Jasper and looks at the growing problem of unrestricted illegal immigration that, in 1988, already saw upwards of 10 to 20 million illegal aliens within the borders of the U.S. Unknown agents from around the world using the southern border as easy entry. Certainly, some are innocent families escaping hardship, but also certainly some are criminals, potentially terrorists. Is it not appropriate that there be some criteria for the entry of any sovereign nation? Why should the U.S. be different than Canada, Germany, Russia, Japan, or every other country on the planet? Out of control, immigration invasion. Watch this time capsule of prescient wisdom at thenewamerican.com slash outofcontrol. For more news and in-depth analysis from the New American Magazine, the kind that you will not get anywhere else, make sure you have a subscription to our twice-monthly print edition of the magazine. No other magazine has been as accurate and for as long about where policy and culture were heading than the New American. You can subscribe online at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the magazine tab on top and then on the drop-down, hit the subscribe button. Or if you prefer, you can call for a subscription. Call one 800 727 8783 Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Central Time. That's 800 727 8783. This term, the invasion, are we in an, uh, undergoing an invasion? And, and Steve, you had some thoughts you wanted to lead off with here. Well, I mean, in modern times, usually an invasion consists of 
something along the lines of what you, what you mentioned in World War II. I mean, we think of that as being an invasion when it's being carried out by, like mili- Red Dawn. by military regulars, Red Dawn type scenario, yeah. things of that nature. Okay, But it's not always the case. I mean, for example, in uh, probably the gravest crisis faced during the entire period of the Roman Republic was occasioned by an, an, an informal invasion of a group of people who called themselves, they were called the Kimbri by the Romans. They seem to have originated somewhere up near up where Denmark is today. And for some unknown reason, this, this large Germanic tribe, maybe they were pushed out by more aggressive tribes. We don't know. They just decided to move south. Yeah. Uh, all two million of them or whatever. And they, they moved, you know, men, women, and children, they just sort of moved down into, not initially into Roman dominions, but into dominions of, you know, what's now Austria and so forth that, that had relations with, with, with Rome. And they became very aggressive and said, well, you know, we're, we're going to live here yeah. and the people who are living here, you kind of need to go somewhere else. And Rome eventually came to blows with the Cimbri and the so-called Cimbric War uh, generated actually several battles that in lethality were unsurpassed yeah. in all of Roman history. Uh, uh, Arousio and Aquae Sextiae cost you know, hundreds of thousands of lives, Roman and Cimbri. The Romans ultimately won by literally annihilating these people. Wow. All of them, because the women, the women took up arms and fought like men, and they, they killed them all. It was just an absolutely awful event, but it was never carried out in the form of you know a regular force coming in and saying we're going to take your lands, we're going to invade. They just sort of moved there. They they migrated there. So, yeah. and and we could talk about other examples of history where mass migration can be just as critical a matter as a literary, you know, Mm. and that's what we have here. We have a mass migration being openly and actively encouraged by our own administration of people, primarily from the Middle East, from China, from Sub-Saharan Africa, and from Latin America. Yeah. So, all right, we need to move on to our next story. Uh, The globalist-oriented financial behemoth BlackRock is trying to cancel the popular conservative podcast Louder with Crowder. Last week, host Steven Crowder posted a 32-minute video with the details of an investigation that his team conducted. It was about an email address they believe might be connected to managing director of BlackRock, Abigail Gold-Geller. The address was among a leaked database of registered users for the site RapeySU. Crowder says that the U.S. Department of Justice identifies the site as a dark web child porn site. Crowder's video is called The Pedophiles, Who is Hero 121? Here's his intro. What you're about to see is the result of pouring through countless hours of data analysis, through extensive background verification, due diligence, exhaustive research with double, triple checking. Our investigative unit here, Mug Club Undercover, was able to connect a high-level executive at one of the world's most powerful entities to a website designed for the explicit purpose of sexually exploiting children. Now, the evil includes, but is not limited to, the production, distribution of child pornography, and the facilitation of sex with children themselves. Does that sound too crazy to be true? Then you haven't been paying attention. So it's a good thing that we have the receipts. The video goes on to show those receipts in excruciating details. It also includes recordings of telephone conversations with Geller and her attorney. Geller neither confirmed nor denied, but her lawyer flatly denied that the BlackRock executive had anything to do with the email address or the website. He also warned the mug clip undercover team not to publish the information and called it false and defamatory. Now, of course, Crowder's team did publish it, but we can't show, we can't broadcast what he said because it has a lot of profanity. But in essence, 
he told BlackRock to go pound sand. So I want to go back to my my commentators here. Um, does this surprise you? This, I mean, like Crowder said, this does sound crazy, but based on what we've seen, obviously with the Epstein saga, but let's also not forget, Gary, that BlackRock is an organization that has coerced and pushed child mutilation, racism, albeit reverse, reverse racism, it's racism nonetheless, and baby murder. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it beyond these type of people to be involved in something so horrendous and evil as pedophilia. What do you make of all this? Well, I, I, I agree. Uh, BlackRock is pushing all those things. Of course, they don't call it child mutilation, do they? They, they uh, call it... Uh, gender uh, affirming. Gen gender, uh, uh, yeah, uh, affirmity or, or whatever. Uh, they use language to, to uh, disguise uh, the agenda. But there is no question that as we move into a post-Christian civilization that the... Um, uh, the the underworld, so to speak, uh, that that uh, Satan uh, is going to uh, uh, emerge and, and come out in the open, and I think we see that more and more. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's what people need to realize is that the people with massive influence in this world are more evil than we re recognize, and. Uh, now, Steve, do you think that's uh, that that's too strong of a word, or how would you describe what's happening here? Now, of course, we don't know if this is for the case for sure, but I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I don't know. I think we pretty much said what needs to be said. Without you know, I mean, the problem with a topic like this is, of course, it is so off-putting to most people because of the you know just the atrocious nature of this yeah. sort of evil that. It's difficult to talk about and, and really uh, in, in do it in a way that adequately captures the enormity of it mm -hmm. while at the same time maintaining the sort of moral high ground. Yeah. And so, you know, I would say that, you know, again, going back to the repository of Roman history, Suetonius wrote a book called The Twelve Caesars, which most people today don't bother to read, in which he, he gives these mini biographies of the f first 12 Roman emperors, and it is is appalling, nauseating stuff. Yeah, what these people are Well, for example, of. suffice it to say, and, and this, this, of course, this is a work of classical literature, but it's still so lurid that I couldn't tell you blow by blow what it said. I just say if people are curious, they can read it. But for example, most people know of the Roman Tiberius, if they know of him at all, is he, he was the Roman emperor who presided, who was in power when, when Jesus was crucified, okay? So that was that Tiberius. And... Um, but Suetonius talks about his personal life and, and, and the depth of depravity that he practiced against children. And it just it makes for nauseating reading. So it's always been the case, mm -hmm. I think, that people who enjoy unfettered or just a very unnatural degree of power, whether it be power in the financial world or power in the political world and so forth, that, that is often closely allied yeah. to, to, to sexual malfeasance of the basis types. Right. That's so I, I don't yeah. profess to really understand it, yeah. having never experienced those things myself. Well, I, but, think, I know, think that's it's part, a fact. I think that's partly why we have such a hard time accepting this. And it's well, partly why it's not being discussed in addition to the fact that uh, major media is obviously bought and largely owned by these people. Let's switch lanes with the minute we have here. Now, this seems like a convenient way to also get rid of one of the most influential right-wing or alternative media pundits. I think that's no accident, is it, Gary? No, it, it's not. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, there are a, a powerful few 
who are working to consolidate uh, economic and political power, not just nationally, yeah. but worldwide and uh, economically as well as politically. And, of course, they want a monopoly of power. They want to eliminate all competition. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that certainly includes the uh, the media. But you do have an alternative media that where, where uh, truth is getting out, mm -hmm. and uh, they want to prevent that from, from happening. They want to quash all defiance. In, in the last segment, we talked about Texas, and there you have someone who's defiant. They're, they really want to crush that. And I imagine they really want to crush someone as popular as Steven Crowder and others, and they've made efforts. So we're going to see where this ends up, but... Uh, it was kind of funny. The video we couldn't show. It was funny because the way, you know, he did in typical Crowder style. He basically said, go pound sand. So we'll see where that ends up. Next up, we're going to discuss the brewing conflict between the U.S. and Iran. Hey, America. How tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news? Their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American Magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, The New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com radio25. The New American has just released our latest bookazine, a collection of articles on self-reliance. It's called Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. Without individual responsibility and without the ability to take care of ourselves without government help, we cannot be free. In this Polish Collector's Edition, we have articles on a number of important topics, including the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearm self-reliance, building a wood shack, and the importance of community, among many other topics. Now, the authors of the articles are experts in their fields. We encourage you to get a copy. You can order your copy at thenewamerican.com forward slash shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783. However you do it, make sure you get your copy of Self-Reliance, The Foundation of Freedom. On Sunday morning, an enemy drone managed to penetrate U.S. air defenses and exploded at a U.S. military base in northern Jordan. Three U.S. soldiers, all from Georgia, were killed in the blast. 30 more were injured. The attack caused the first combat deaths of U.S. military personnel in the Middle East since the start of the Gaza War. This is stoking fears that a wider regional conflict will erupt. Although the culprits haven't been identified yet, the drone appears to have been sent by one of several militia groups in the region, funded and equipped by Iran. It managed to get past U.S. defenses by following a U.S. drone returning the base, which created enough confusion for the kamikaze drone to get through. The Biden administration has already promised to respond. We had a tough day last night in the Middle East. We lost three brave souls in an attack on one of our base, and we shall respond. The President and I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces, and we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops. Respond decisively to any aggression. 
Following the incident, many in the media and politicians in both parties began pushing for strikes on Iranian military assets and infrastructure. What Reagan did to Iran took out almost half their navy. And what Trump did to Qasem Soleimani and his driver, I guess it was, they, they did that with far less provocation from Iran than what Biden and what the United States has suffered recently. They did it with far less. Biden has suffered much more, higher casualties, God forbid, you know, God look over them, uh, more injured, um, and he hasn't done anything yet. It's as though Mr. Biden does not read any military history or maybe any history at all. Well, history says, Larry, if you're tough on your adversaries, you don't have war. And we're obviously not tough right now. As you said, appeasement is, is running rampant. This latest attack, coupled with Iran allegedly being on the threshold of so-called nuclear breakout, has hawks in D.C. spoiling for a fight. And with war having already spread from Israel and Gaza to the Red Sea, how long before it spreads to Tehran? Yes, Steve, how long? Hard to say, but I have been claiming that, that that would be a nice, from the point of view of the Biden administration, which is plummeting in the polls and whose re-election prospects are looking grimmer by the day, it would be a welcome distraction because Iran doesn't yet have nuclear weapons, unlike Russia and China. So they're an adversary, they're a sub-nuclear foe, but they're still a very formidable large country, certainly larger and more formidable than Iraq was in its, in its military heyday. So it would be a, a significant entanglement. Uh, and um, I don't believe them when they say, well, we're going to try to avoid, you know, we, we really don't want to avoid it and so forth. I mean, I'm, they may think that they think that, but as their political fortunes continue to spiral around the drain, circle the drain, they're going to think more and more about, you know, crying havoc and letting slip the dogs of, a war, dogs of war in terms yeah. of Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, right? Gary, should we be involved in this at all? Well, we should not have been. And the reason I put it that way is because we have been involved all along. And I would ask the question, why do we have a base in Jordan to begin with? And uh, I have seen news accounts. Uh, I, I don't know for sure that these are accurate. That it's we the have, key piece all over the world, We have special uh, forces there uh, operating uh, not just at that base, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, also in, in Syria. And uh, so doesn't that uh, invite hostilities to put ourselves in a situation like that? And then what happens when those soldiers are attacked? Yeah. Uh, does that put us into uh, a state of war? What do we do at that point? So... Uh, is it fair to say that maybe the globalists who would like to get us into a war are putting uh, American soldiers in harm's way, uh, maybe hoping for casualties to bring about that war? Well, can we point out, first of all, that this is one of literally dozens of base of American bases, large and small, in the Middle East. Now, to, re to refer to Kudlow's remarks about, about Ronald Reagan, he only tells half the story. In Reagan's day, we didn't have bases all over the Middle East. There were a couple, to be sure, but they weren't, you know, out there in the front line, in the middle of the Syrian and Jordanian deserts, literally within a stone's throw of all these, these, these well-armed radicals with their, all, all their, their complex agendas. But when we were attacked in a major way, the, 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 you know, the Beirut barracks bombings that killed over 200 uh, Marine, U.S. Marines, and by the way, there was a, there was a simultaneous blast that, 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 that took a similar toll on French troops stationed in Beirut. Um, Reagan, despite calls for vengeance and so forth, very wisely said, all right, you know what? We're getting out of here. And we just left. Okay. Now, as to the Reagan confrontation of Iran, 
That was in response to an Iranian attack on American shipping in international waters, Not which is a little so, bit a different, different uh, than, you know, I'm, Iranian proxies attacking, attacking American bases all over the place that, as Gary mentioned, yeah. are putting themselves in harm's way, much as we did a generation ago, two generations ago now, in, in, in the civil war in Lebanon, in Beirut. So it's kind of our fault, huh? No, I wouldn't go th that far. I would certainly say that, that it's a result of wise, uh, unwise policy and that there is a time— there are times when we have to simply swallow our national pride and say, well, you know, what per as, as Gary was saying, what purpose is all this saving other serving other than acting as bait and enticement yeah. for these people? Very few people in our State Department have any notion of what's really going on in the Middle East. I'm certainly just like that, too. I don't speak Arabic. I don't know a lot about, about all the, you know, the, the, culture. The, the culture. And even the few who do speak Arabic and so forth probably still don't understand all these different tribal allegiances and, you know, grievances from centuries past and all this other stuff. Incredibly complex area that, frankly, we'd be better served getting out of altogether. One question I have, Paul and Steve, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to this, but— do we need? Do we know for sure that Iran was behind this attack? Wow! That that resulted in the loss of three American the, lives. In my introduction, and, and, and as of right now, they have not. They've right. not yet named. They've not yet named the specific mm -hmm. group. And so, sure. you know, at some point, we're going to go out and bomb some group, drop a few bombs. The group and say, "There, you know, we've but, got but our." The reason of flesh. I ask the question is: look at history. Uh, look at Vietnam, for for example. Uh, what uh, caused? The Gulf the of Tonkin incident. What, there? Yes, the Gulf of Tonkin, and yeah. come to find out, the, it was fake. Uh, uh, it, it was a fake attack that was used as a rationale That's to right. get into Vietnam in a big way to go beyond advisors and uh, to send in the, the combat forces. So that's just one example. Or how about the. Uh, reputed uh, weapons of mass destruction mm -hmm. um, in Iraq that were used. Oh, they were moved uh, out before we got there, Gary. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we can go on on and on. Uh, uh, the point is governments lie. And, and uh, uh, those governments that lie include not just totalitarian regimes, but they include democratic societies as well. Well, uh, to their credit, to the, to the credit of, of our government, um, it is in the process of becoming a totalitarian one. So, so things are lining mm -hmm. up there, you know, if they did lie. Obviously, we don't know. We don't have the intel reports or whatnot, but that's why I said according to reports. And I remember I had Dennis here, the publisher of The New American, once on. And, you know, I don't know what story we ran on, but he's like, oh, you got to be careful with this stuff because we're not sure. You know, right. let's report it as if this well, is— Well, and, and could you just say one thing? I mean, a separate issue is the issue of Iran allegedly being on the cusp of having nuclear weapons. Of course, we've heard that before about other countries in the Middle East. So who knows how reliable that is? But I would say I, I don't think that's necessarily an unfounded bugaboo. A nuclear-armed Iran is something that none of us wants. Yeah, I mean, those people are super no. crazy. <laughs> so, and, and one final thing is we do have a few more seconds, sure. but under our system of government, under the Constitution, the power to go to war or specifically to declare war uh, is a congressional power. Yeah, yeah. You think they're going to go to Congress for uh, permission to go after Iran? Well, they should, shouldn't they? <laughs> they should, they should. But I, I don't. When's the last time uh, they went to Congress? Was it World War Two? World War Two. Right. How many conflicts have we yep. been in since? So. Um, that's the state of affairs. After this, we're going to discuss yet another reason to get the U.S. out of the U.N. The John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one-world government. 
United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. JVS founder Robert Welch said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Join us in restoring this great nation. Hey, listeners and readers, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you think about the stories we report, the way we report them, and what you'd like to hear more and less of, and any other comments or questions related to the New American Daily. You can send your comments and questions to dailyshow at thenewamerican.com. That's dailyshow at thenewamerican.com. And during our Friday episodes, we'll read some of your comments. Again, send your questions to dailyshow at thenewamerican.com. Israel is reporting that 12 employees of the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees in the Near East were involved in the October 7 Hamas attack that killed more than 1,000 Israelites. Prime Minister Netanyahu accused the UNRWA of teaching extremist ideology. He said in UNRWA schools, they've been teaching the doctrines of extermination of Israel, the doctrines of terrorism, lauding terrorism, and glorifying terrorism. More than 10 countries, including the U.S., have paused their funding to UNRWA. Israel claims that up to 190 U.N. employees are hardened fighters, killers. The UNRWA employs roughly 13,000 people in Gaza and fired the nine employees accused, citing the abhorrent alleged acts committed and has called for the U.S. and other countries to resume funding. So join me for this action segment. I still got Gary here and we have... Uh, JBS researcher Peter Rykowski. So, Peter, uh, we're going to pile on this and say here is another reason, right, to get out of the U.N. None of this is surprising, is it? No, not at all. Unfortunately. In fact, fact, it's been very well established for many years that the uh, schools operated by the UNRWA have been uh, teaching pro-terrorist ideology and not just anti-Israel ideology, but also anti-American mm. ideology. You know, they're they're teaching the Palestinian kids that the U.S. is you know the great Satan and that you know everything that our country does is evil. Uh, so they're not just teaching them to hate Israel, but also the United States. And, and this we is, fund most of that, don't we? Right, we are the largest, the the single largest funder of the UNRWA. Uh, in 2022, we gave 344 million dollars. Wow, to them more mm-hmm. than every other country. Actually, uh, Trump he cut off funding for a few years because of what was going on with the yeah. agency. But then Biden restored it, so of now course. they're temporarily uh, cutting off some funding. Uh, but yeah, it's been very well known, and I look back on what, on what TNA has been reporting, and we've been reporting about this specific issue at least since 2012, if not earlier. So yeah. it's uh, very long overdue for the U.S. to even begin cutting off funding for the UNRWA. And you said we've we've paused, so it sounds like there's a chance we're going to resume uh, funding our own demise or, or a part of our own demise. Huh? Right. And in fact, we're actually... There's a pattern here, guys. We're technically <laughs> still giving them money because this pause only affects future funding. Uh, so anything that the United States has already committed to the UNRWA will still be going to them. This is crazy. Gary, would we be doing this if we were still in the UN? Because that's another question I think we need the answer. It's like, oh, get us out of the UN. We have this project. We have had it for a while and we still believe in it. We heart, very vehemently believe in it. But would this still be happening? Uh, I mean, what, I what's that going to accomplish? Well, I would say if we were out of the UN, uh, we, wouldn't be we may also have treasonous leaders who are working against the interests of the 
United States of America. They're working against America first. So yeah. possibly they could still try to uh, do some of these devious things. But I would think, Paul, it would be a lot harder, a lot harder to do this uh, if if the money were not funneled through the United Nations and, uh, and then used for these uh, subversive programs. If the money went directly to these subversive programs, be much more out in the open and, and uh, I think it'd be much easier to expose and to, to stop the treason. Yeah. Let's go back to our project there. I believe in 1962, this was our first action project that was Get Us Out of the UN. We've played the clip with founder Robert Welch saying that the UN is essentially the, the power center, the control panel for, for the developing world government. So we need to get out of there. Um, we've put quite a dent in that. I've done quite a bit of research. I, I wrote a, a, a pamphlet not too long ago on that. And one of the things that I found that was pretty interesting and that I think uh, supports what I just said is that in Western countries, approval for the UN is is majoritarian, is, is, is a majority. More than 50% of the people uh, in the West approve the, the UN. But in America, they do not. The UN has a low approval rating. So I do give our birchers uh, quite a bit of credit. We've been hammering at this for 60 years. You know, those billboards they used to put all across the highways and whatnot. But we haven't quit advocating to get us out of the UN, have we, Peter? No, we are. This is still a very important uh, project, probably the most important one that we have. And we're, because of our efforts, you're, you're, you're completely right. And I've also seen surveys that uh, have asked people, should we be less involved with the UN or should we you know, simply stop cooperating with them at all? And there are more people in the US, a higher proportion than any other country that says we should be less involved, mm-hmm. that we should cut off all ties. That's really encouraging. Uh, but right now, it's very encouraging to see in Congress, there's uh, legislation being introduced that would get us out of the UN. And not only that, but the state level, some state legislators are enact or are introducing and even enacting their own versions of legislation that would really? prevent states from being involved mm. in UN ver- programs. Like so what, uh, I, what, what states? I know that last week, was it last week or two weeks ago, we reported how Tennessee basically canceled all Agenda 2030 type uh, goals or or uh, campaigns in, in their in the Vol state, right? That state and also Alabama as well. Uh, they banned any involvement, and the legislation is worded to include Agenda Twenty One and Agenda Twenty Thirty, but it says UN program, so it's much broader than just those yeah. specific ones. Yeah, well, that's yeah, I mean that's really encouraging, and it sounds like I mean we've also been covering uh, Senator Mike Lee's. Um, his legislation, His legislation to defund the UN. To defund mm-hmm. the UN. So it sounds like it's catching on. We've seen Hannity report on it. We've seen others say, this is not an organization that has American interest. We need to get out. So what, right. what can people do? How can they, how can they uh, help bring that about? Yeah, so there are a few, few uh, important ways. Uh, so one is we have a legislative alert on our website, jbs.org forward slash alerts, where anyone can... Easily, very easily contact their members of Congress uh, because, as I mentioned, there are two bills in Congress that would get us out of the UN, uh, H.R. 6645 and S. 3428, uh, the uh, the Defund Act. And our alert it allows people to very easily uh, mm. get in touch with their members of Congress, their representative, their senators, and tell them to support and to co-sponsor these bills. Yeah. So we have that in our website. And then uh, we also, at the John Birch Society, we have several uh, materials. Uh, for example, this pamphlet, the top 10 
reasons why we should get out of the UN. Mm, yeah. And there are many people who just don't know, um, you know, what the problem is with being in the UN, why the UN is a threat to our country and to our national sovereignty, and simply spreading the word about that. Yeah, for example, the pamphlet or other materials. Yeah, uh, is really helpful. So that 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 can be found on our website jbs.org as well as uh, shopjbs.org. Well, every every battle starts here first, right? Before it ever gets anywhere else, and and I would say a majority of of the battles throughout history, uh, you know, by the time you, whatever, whether it's take up arms or you end up impoverished or whatever, it started with fooling people or, or having a certain mindset to get to that, didn't it, Gary? That's right. And so the education is, is really needed to have an informed electorate because if the people are not informed, they're going to vote themselves into tyranny. And of course, that's what happened in Nazi Germany, for, uh, for example. But I'd like to go back to something uh, you said earlier, Peter, because you mentioned that the Get us out of the United Nations campaign that goes back uh, basically to the beginning of the John Birch Society, uh, maybe the most important campaign that we've had. And that could be startling to a lot of, a lot of people. Why would that be so important? And uh, I would say because if we have a world government, we no longer have a United States of America, at least not an independent, yeah. sovereign United States of America. We no longer have the Constitution. We no longer have the Declaration of Independence. Uh, we no longer have the right to keep and bear arms and so forth. We would be subservient to this uh, world government. Yeah. Last uh, Friday, we, we did an episode and how the UN's about to have its biggest conference. And if we weren't out of time, I'd tell you all about it. But watch the episode. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the New American Daily. Go to newamerican.com for more truth behind the news. <laughs>